Welcome to Generation Digital Workforce, the podcast that's here to explore the role of robotic process automation and other digital technologies. Whether you're just getting started or you're looking for advanced strategies and tactics, if you're curious about where human and digital workers are coming together to transform the future of work, then this podcast is for you. All right, let's get into the show. Hello and welcome to Generation Digital Workforce. I'm your host, Michael Marchuk, and on today's episode, I have a special guest, Marty Pavlik, Digital Solutions Practice Leader from DocuLabs. Welcome, Marty. Thanks, Michael. It's great to be here today. Well, I'm glad you're able to join us. So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself as well as about DocuLabs? Yeah. So uh, first and foremost, I'm a practice leader at DocuLabs. Uh, DocuLabs is a company that helps companies achieve their digital objectives and goals. Our clients rely on us to deliver better customer experiences, automate their operations, and identify different technologies to reduce costs. Myself, I've been in this industry for over 15 years. Uh, I'm happily married in Homer Glen, Illinois, and I have three kids, uh, two girls and a boy. Very nice, very nice. So the COVID crisis has affected families with kids now doing e-learning from home, but it's also had a huge effect on businesses with employees working from home at the same time. So many companies are looking for new ways to work, both to support their employees, but also to service their customers. Banks are no exception here. So today we're going to be talking about regional banks and how COVID has been affecting them and how digital transformation using automation and other technologies can help. So, Marty, how has the COVID crisis affected these regional banks and their digital programs? You know, Michael, if you think about it, regional banks forever relied on having excellent relationships with their customers. And one of the primary ways they did that was having their branches. And by having branches, it really developed a relationship with the community Uh, Their bankers were able to provide a lot of different services directly to their community through various kind of just relationship building things like providing empathy. Well, with COVID, that was really shut down overnight. And it was really forcing a lot of regional banks to look at their digital programs, which majority of them have started in some way, but really looked at it and identify ways they could accelerate their digital programs not just from automating payments or digitalizing forms, but really how do you build that digital relationship with that customer through something like COVID? So how do those programs have to evolve then, um, given the fact that they now had a remote workforce and their interactions with their clients is so different? Well, I think it it, it evolved in, in a couple of different ways. So, First and foremost, it forced a lot of regional banks to really reassess their entire digital program and think about it more from a project standpoint to really a a whole new operating model for their bank. So really putting the customer first, who was, if you think about it, a lot of customers, including myself and including my 84-year-old dad, is adapting to new technology daily to get through COVID. So, you know, identifying that maybe some of their customers that didn't use Zoom, for example, three months ago is now communicating with their family via Facebook, FaceTime or Zoom. And it's really showing the kind of regional banks is that they need to reassess their entire program and think through a new paradigm of their customer 
using more digital outlets such as those technologies I mentioned. So you have your customers who are now getting used to doing business with their bank um, through a, a digital interface, whether it's Zoom, as you mentioned, or something else, maybe they have an app or something. Um, I imagine that puts a lot of pressure on these these regional banks who really prided themselves on the on these you know, branches where they could be face to face with their clients. Um, now you have competition from, I would say, every bank because these banks now all become exactly alike in terms of how they are interfacing with their customers. They're no longer um, sitting across the way from now. Any bank can provide the same types of services. So I imagine that's some as additional challenges from a, um, a regional bank perspective to be able to service their clients, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it also puts a lot of pressure on them from a cost perspective, right? <clears throat> you think about it, if the branches are no longer the main primary purpose for clients doing day-to-day -day transactions, such as deposits and things of that nature, it really shifts your cost structure of saying, those previous kind of processes that were manually done at the bank, how do you eliminate those type of processes, digitalize them, and automate them, and really reskill and retrain your workforce to build out those additional kind of customer service skills that they need to require to kind of be more of an advisor to their clients than just as doing transactional type work. So I, so I assume that as they're going through these um, these changes with their digital programs, that they're going to face a whole bunch of new challenges. So how does when you start looking at a, an automation program, for example, um, how does how does a regional bank um, sort of adopt these new technologies like RPA or, or other automation platforms? Um, what kind of challenges are they are they working through to help bring those to bear in their in their own organization? Yeah, I think first and foremost is, is recognizing the fact that regional banks have a limited budget. You know, if you looked at Chase and Bank of America, collectively, they budgeted $15 billion for future technology investments. A regional bank just cannot compete with those type of kind of funding that, 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 that the much larger banks have. So really being able for regional bank CEOs to identify where to start and where the most value is. And that may be a different place than where it was in COVID, before COVID, right? Regional banks do have, you know, if you think about community, it's not just the community around you. It's also what's within inside that community. So if you're in Nebraska, a regional bank may focus mainly on farmers and the farmer's needs. It's taking that paradigm and identifying how you could come up with a competitive advantage for banking for farmers, for example. And then how do you take those initiatives and kind of those competitive advantages and adopt digital technologies that kind of like what you mentioned earlier is that you're no longer just the regional banks. You're the bank that really focuses on this niche industry and being a better community. So as these banks are are looking at the funds and the resources they do have, which you know, they don't have the deep pockets like a Chase or a Bank of America, um, they're going to have to look at this um, a lot more holistically. How, how do they approach this? You know, I, I think first and foremost, you know, companies really have to look at all of their programs across the bank. I think what you see 
and I just had a, a regional bank client talking to them today, they may have three or four main initiatives going on currently. They may have, you know, digital transformation around customer journeys and experiences. They may have a digital transformation going in to automate their entire operations. And then they may have another digital transformation on moving the entire tech stack to the cloud. It's really having a, a, a critical lens of those three different types of transactions, three types of transformations, I'm sorry, going through an enterprise today and really identifying where are the biggest value drivers across a holistic viewpoint of the enterprise, not through individual transformations or even what I would say individual use cases. It, it seems, for example, this bank today we were talking to today, a lot of kind of what was driving their, their projects was coming from the business, but it was really coming from a use case perspective. So, you know, the, 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 if you had to automate the way somebody had to change their checking account, you know, co-beneficiary, that was a use case. And that was kind of one part of their digital transformation efforts. Secondly, you know, one company was changing their ECM to the cloud. That was another part of their digital digital transformation program. None of those programs were connected at the bank. None of them had a consistent value stream as saying, looking at the overall process of not only from the customer journey standpoint, but from the back office. And then what various technologies does the bank have today that could automate it? And then what are some of those future potential technologies they could use to automate and deliver an overall better digital experience for their customers? So that's certainly one thing to look at. I mean, you're looking at the your overall project load that these banks uh, need to accomplish to support both their customer journeys, their back-end efficiencies, and the uh, other reporting aspects they have to do. And you throw on top of that some of the paycheck protection program things, and you've really got a lot of um, activity that they have to be able to do. So as part of that, there's there's the funding part. You mentioned again, we talk again, the these are regional banks. They don't necessarily have the same kind of funds. But if, as you mentioned, maybe a smaller bank, a regional bank in in uh, the Midwest somewhere might have um, may have the funds, but now you have access to sort of the talent piece of how do I keep all of these programs running um, with the folks that we have in, in-house? So how, how do they address that? Well, it's an interesting question because if you think about even before COVID, to get digital workers that have experience in AI or RPA or chatbots or analytics, the, the job market is extremely competitive for those type of skills in the marketplace today. Well, COVID actually is accelerating the, the, the need for those type of skills even more. So job market is even more competitive for these regional banks to compete with to get those type of employees. So really, I think from a talent perspective, you'd have to look at it from two different ways. First, first and foremost is partnering with other companies, whether that's partnering with it from a digital technology perspective, as far as you know, taking it from building it in-house to actually partnering with a fintech, uh, as well as partnering with consulting companies, for example, if you think about it. Before COVID, I think a lot of people were used to having consultants and advisors come to their business, sit at the business Monday through Thursday, do the work, and then go home on Fridays. Now, with this whole new operating model working, 
regional banks could take advantage of really consultings and, and even uh, programmers globally at a much more efficient way than they were pre-COVID. And then secondly, you know, regional banks have great relationships with the community serving, which also includes local universities. Regional banks should really tap into their local universities and not only look at the graduating class, but work with local universities on how to reskill their existing employees to have those digital skills that are in such hot demand today. So you mentioned that you know, now these regional banks have the opportunities to work with consultants on a global basis, but there's still a lot of stuff that happens within the regional bank that's either paper-based or is not as automated as it could be um, because the systems don't necessarily talk to each other as they're working through it. So um, could uh, adopting a digital workforce be an option for these regional banks? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question, Michael. And I'll give you an example. You know, a lot of regional banks still have processing centers, the shared service centers that actually process some of the paper that's coming in through the bank. So this one regional bank actually still has a lot of clients that prefer deposit using deposit slips and depositing and, and doing a lot of things manually with inside the bank from a paper perspective. These kind of requests would come through the bank branches. They would actually be delivered to the shared service center uh, via inner office mail. That's meaning somebody physically going there and bringing it to the shared service center. And then somebody would hand type in those forms, whatever it was, it could be a change in accounts. Uh, it could also be a change in your ATM limit. And somebody would physically type in those, uh, those changes, whatever they were for that process. Regional banks could adopt things such as OCR technology that would be able to read some of these handwritten forms and actually digitalize the forms that would still provide the customer experience that they need and, and, and require, quite frankly. However, once you have that form now digitalized, then you could utilize things such as RPA and Blue Prism to automate that process now on the back end that, quite frankly, with COVID, Sure, service center had a real hard time not shutting down completely, even though, let's face it, for health reasons, they could have and, and might even would have been required to in certain states. It would have broke the bank, but being able to digitalize the operations through automation, such as RPA, OCR technologies, would allow the bank not only to provide a better and quicker customer service experience, but also be part of a disaster recovery plan in case, you know, another COVID hit or if COVID levels got so high, it would require the shared server center to shut down. And we saw that a lot of times um, where we had these very large um, customers of ours who were experiencing just that, where their contact centers or their shared service centers um, really were in a spot where they either couldn't function um, or they were functioning at such a limited capacity that it dramatically affected their operations. So certainly I see that as, as um, something that could be affecting uh, these regional banks as well. So as they're bringing in these um, these new technologies to help them, whether it's OCR, ECM, RPA, any other three-letter acronym you want to think of, uh, they're bringing in new technologies to support these, these transformations. How does this transformation governance come into play? 
Yeah, I think the governance model for any digital transformation within inside a regional bank is, is quite critical. Being able to first identify the value, however, making sure your team's tracking that value and adhering to that value proposition initially identified is what ultimately is going to lead to the success of the project. So when we think of governance, we think about from not just a governance of how you're going to do it and making sure you're going to do it, but I think it also aligns the teams with a very focused model to follow. So if you think about you know, my example earlier of a bank that really was taken from a use case perspective, had you know essentially three underlying digital transformations going on. Well, once that company or bank pivots into kind of having a more holistic approach and identifying the key value drivers, well, ultimately, how do you adhere to those value drivers? And that's having a good governance model in place to be able to track to the value, be able to make sure the team is tracking to that value, and making sure the governance is in place for those enablers, such as automation, to be able to capture that value. And I think there's there's a number of ways to do that. Um, you know, there's, there's tools on the marketplace to do that sort of thing. Um, but it's it's really important, no matter how you go about it, that you actually look into um, having a model that you can follow, as well as being able to support the metrics that go along with it to see how you're doing for that transformation. Yeah, I think that's right. You know, if you think about it from a financial reporting perspective, you have consolidation tools to report your financials, you have consolidation tools to prepare your budget. It only makes sense that you also have a management reporting tool which will enable this governance to track your value. Totally agree with that. And the other thing, too, is from a regional banking perspective, they're under the same um, compliance rules that the big banks are. So they have to go through the same types of um, structure and same kind of scrutiny that a large bank has to go through anyway. So having this governance model to be able to control and manage all of that seems like it makes a lot of sense. So with all the transformation projects that are going on within a bank and the, um, the various roles that people have to fulfill, um, how should a regional bank start their journey to start bringing in these automation technologies to build out a digital workforce capability? Yeah, I think a majority of banks do have some type of digital automation program in place. Uh, but I think it's very small at, at, at the majority of regional banks, meaning the fact that they've may dabbled it into certain areas of the bank, certain operations. But really, they should look at it of how if they wanted to automate across the entire bank, not just from an individual use case. So that takes kind of a paradigm shift of people running the project. And that paradigm shift needs to come down from actually the top of the, the organization, the C-suite, and really drive home on the value of automation. I think one of the, I guess you could say, benefits of COVID for the majority of the regional banks is that the banks that did have any type of automation in place, <clears throat> all the requirements of, of kind of companies needing loans, the process and even deposits, quite frankly, showed a lot of company, showed a lot of employees within inside the bank the value of automation. So, for example, if you're processing, typically processing 500 SBA loans a month, and now that went up to 1,500, that really wasn't 
possible without automation. So it's a great success story. But again, I think it's looking at it from a holistic perspective and not just from an individual use case or individual department perspective. It sounds like it needs to be a culture change from the top then. Absolutely. And I think with that culture change, you have to really think about it from a branding perspective of the program. So not only does the, the, the top C-suite have to also embrace and uh, evangelize the program, you also have to make the business believers in that program. And that's through such channels as the company newsletter, the company's intranet channel, the company's uh, overall training methodology of how do you embed automation in everybody's kind of thought pattern throughout the day. And you do that through your communication channels with inside the company. So as the company is adopting this new culture, what's what's one thing that, that the CEO of every regional bank needs to understand when it comes to automating with a digital workforce? I think first and foremost is that it's not a project. It's really a way of the business and banks operating going forward. So really much like I think in the past companies looked at technology or I'm sorry, talent and, and talent development, they have to look at automation very much through the same lens is that it's something that's a continuous journey. Processes change and that means the automation of those processes will continue to change. And then in addition to that, the technology is going to change. Technology is going to get better and going to improve. And therefore, the bank has to always stay consistent with the automation technology, too, to get the full utmost automation out of the technology. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Well, Marty, it was great having you on the show today. I really appreciate you joining us today. And uh, we look forward to uh, hearing more from you as we go. You've been listening to Generation Digital Workforce. If you want to hear more about RPA, AI, and other cognitive technologies that are shaping the future of work, join us next time as we continue to go deeper on these topics with industry innovators and experts. To make sure you never miss a future episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. And if you've liked what you heard today, please leave us a review. It's one of the best ways to help more people find valuable content. For show notes and more info, visit us at blueprism.com slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.